0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society We use L to snake around a discussion of Snake Pass It's dangerous to go alone So the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going pretty good. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I would put myself in the all right category. It seems like that's just sort of a uh, that's just sort of the way of of the week, right? We're in like an all right week mm-hmm. when no one's like overjoyed. And yeah, no, and no one's like, "Well, what was that?" <laughs> you think maybe someone is overjoyed? Well, I'm sure somebody out there is having a good week. Well, good for them. Oh, (laughs) woohoo! What a sarcastic (laughs) woohoo! That's the sort of negativity we like to start this podcast off on, right? Hey, well, let's let's switch gears then to uh, the weather. Nice and cool. Oh, lovely! Yeah, absolutely Absolutely lovely. lovely. Um, Wonderful weekend. It was like sunny, but not too hot. Just one. I went for a hike on Sunday, Saturday. I went for a hike this weekend, <laughs> and it was glorious. I feel like I can usually find something to complain about in the weather, but this week, no complaints. No complaints in the weather, uh, which of course is good news. That is good news. <laughs> Mark, I think we've got a little debugging to do. Yeah, a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and, <laughs> and lead us off with this one? All right. We're uh, Monster Hunter XX. Right? We've been going back and forth. We've been calling it all kinds of things. We've been calling it just absolute nonsense. Right. We've been calling it uh, Monster Hunter 20, which is obviously not right. Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter 2X. Monster XX. Hunter Cross Cross. Right. So uh, it turns out it's Monster Hunter Double Cross, which of course it is. my My question here is, is there... The answer is obviously no. But is there any like actual double crossing that goes on in the game? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't played it. Maybe, maybe a monster double crosses you. Maybe How? one of those little cat things double oh, crosses you. That would be the ultimate in double crosses. <laughs> yeah, because you'd never expect it. you being be like double crossed by a cat is. I mean that is the old real life, because <laughs> you know that your cats are out oh the they're game. wily creatures. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, but the cats in Monster Hunter, they, like, rummage through the, the, the monsters and, like, get you resources. They seem adorable. Right. Maybe in this game, they rummage through things, and then they take your resources and give them to the monsters. You heard it here first. That the cats in Monster Hunter Double Cross are going to double cross you at some point. Play the game long enough. Yep. Um, and, if, and if you <laughs> play that game, you play it for, I don't even care, hundreds of hours. And you don't see a cat double-cross you? Yeah, you have not 100 of this game You yet. have played this game wrong. <laughs> These cats are double-crossers. And that, my friends, is headcanon. That's right. <laughs> that's headcanon that you can take to the bank. <laughs> so that's this week's debug. Uh, Mark, what you been playing, video game-wise? Um, oh, Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh, still. Yeah, yep. We're going to be saying that forever, right? Yeah, probably. Um, did you get, uh, some, like, me- I know you had a lot of, uh, meaty playing time, uh, last weekend. Did you, um, uh, have more of that kind of time this week? No, sadly. Oh, Maybe no. that's why this week feels unfulfilling so far. Albeit, it is Monday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Monday, man. Why are we doing this on Monday? Why do we always <laughs> do, why do we record this? You, dear listener, have the advantage of listening to this on Tuesday. Oh, Blessed you must be. Yeah, from the, from the glorious vistas of Tuesday, you can look out to the valley below and see the rest of the week as it unfolds before you. But here, we have not yet crested the peak of the week. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, very little Breath okay. of the Wild this week. Um, just a few shrines here or there. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, ended up playing a lot of Breath of the Wild this weekend. Um, this week weekend weekend. Um, my Friday night, I started playing around seven thirty or eight o'clock, like right after dinner. Um, and I had one of those, um, where I kept like giving myself a time limit and being like, okay, at 11, you're going to turn it off and go to bed at 1130. You're going to turn it off and oh, go to man, bed. Oh man, You're just lying to yourself. I, I, yes, absolutely. I have no problem lying to myself in this scenario. Um, and it was well after one o'clock by the time I actually um, packed it up and, and turned it in. Um, and <laughs> it was, um, this is really the, the first time that I feel like I've put in work on story missions. Um, so I, um, actually went ahead and finished the, uh, divine beast that I had started earlier, the, uh, the Zora one, um, and then just sort of hung out in Zora's domain doing all of the, and like, I don't think I'd really wrap my head around it before, um, that like you when you get to a new village or a new town like you can just sort of go around to everyone and talk to them and get missions um and so i did that for a long time have you met this hot zora that everybody is that the prince the well sidon I, <laughs> or I, I don't know i yeah, sure i i just know him as hot zora uh yeah so if if that's the prince hi uh-huh. is he hot so much as he is like super com- confident have you seen this uh um, there's a parody of, uh, the song Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, but set to, um, Sidon. Oh uh, no, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Um, so I, I mean, I guess spoilers for that part of Breath of the Wild, um, or that part of Beauty and the Beast. Or that part of that YouTube video. Right, that's right. <laughs> I guess that's the whole video. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I did that, uh, and then I made my way to the Lost Woods. I'm sorry, you stealthily avoided that question. Which question? Did, uh, I don't even know. Did I pose the it? The hot Zora? Yeah, the hot Zora. <laughs> that question. I don't know if he's the hot Zora. I know people are also talking about um, the uh, the lady Zora that's like the, the champion of the Zoras. And Which that- one did you find hotter? Oh, geez. Of the repulsive fish <laughs> monsters, I would say that I found... This is tough. I'm. I'll, I'll say, set Uh, the the, the prince is, is the hotter of the two Zoras, if for no other reason that the princess is uh, a child. So <laughs> I think that's a good reason. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, although that King Zora, who's like, he's like a giant frog, basically. All the rest of the Zoras get to be fish, but when you rise to that level of royalty, you become a frog. <laughs> 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 um, but so um there uh, i did the the like side mission in uh zora's domain where you piece together all of their all of their history they have um these 10 different slabs like carved into the stone all around zora's domain and there's one historian that's like go and find all these for me um and if you don't know exactly where they are he, he's like ah, oh, it's east of the dam or you know whatever um west of the dam is actually <laughs> was one of them um and one of these stone tablets tells about um, Prince Rudo and his adventures with Link during um, Ocarina of Time. Um, so, like, the events of Ocarina of Time are legend in the world of Breath of the Wild. Um, which I just found to be incredibly cool. And I got, like, very excited and, like, you know, got super excited and nerdy about, like, Zelda continuity. Mm-hmm. Even though I know it's all nonsense. Um, but so, yeah, I just, I, I, I sort of refell fell in love with the game over the weekend, uh, and just, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I'm still kind of making my way towards, I'm at a save point where I, or I saved right before I'm like, okay, I'm going to dive into, uh, no pun intended, like, no, in, it's too late. Into, <laughs> you made the pun. Into the Zora kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I'm, where I ended up saving was like on top of the tower that's really close to there. Oh yeah. Where that one Zora is like, if you want, you can go down there. I mean, there's lots of them that do that. Right. But like, go talk to the prince over there. Tell him I sent you. Go <laughs> go <laughs> They're all really goofy. They're all me. real dopey. Um, but yeah, not much time put into it this week, unfortunately. Um. Yeah. I mean. I. I think we'll. We'll be coming back and sharing Zelda stories on every episode, forever. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um. We've also been playing, of course, the original Legend of Zelda, and you can hear the conclusion to our adventures in that version of Hyrule this Thursday. Um. As we <laughs> gorily destroy Ganon. Oh yeah. Definitively. Yes. I I don't know if you guys remember the end of The Legend of Zelda, but like, man, it's pretty great. Caught us by surprise. (laughs) Caught us by surprise, for sure. (laughs) Uh, But you can hear more about that on uh, Thursday. Um, And then we've also been playing Snake Pass, Mm -hmm. uh, which we will talk about in depth um, once we get to our topic. Right? We don't want to tease that anymore. Nah. Nah. Uh, Mark, let's move into the news. Switch is getting Cave Story Plus on June 20th uh, for $30. Both It's going to have both a physical and a digital release. Along with upgraded HD graphics, the game will have seven play modes, such as Wind Fortress and Boss Rush, more than 20 boss battles, 15 levels, 10 unique weapons, and four unique endings. So I think I need a little refresher on what Cave Story is. It's a... Okay, I've never played it. All right, great. Uh, this is a game that is highly regarded, mm-hmm. has been out on a lot of platforms for a very long time. But Released it's one in of th- 2004 originally on the PC. Sorry, I, I looked it up while you were explaining yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those indies that people really, really love. And so they buy it on basically every new platform it comes out on. Mm-hmm. I, it seemed, I think it's a like side-scrolling platformer of sorts. Uh, yeah, that looks consistent with what I'm... Uh, with very uh uh, kind of detailed pixel art um the 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 characters are very simplistic but it looks like there's a lot of um visual information on the screen at any given point so just like the binding of isaac after birth plus this will have a physical release as well which i know people are really excited about Mm -hmm. and uh the june 20th date i'm assuming is worldwide but I don't know that that is a hundred percent true. Uh, yeah, and that's a good thing to call into question. Um, even with uh, even with this thing being region free, though, right? Like you could switch it to the Japanese store. You totally could for the e yeah. shop. I'm just like the physical edition. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, another indie, The Fall Part Two Unbound, is officially announced for Switch and is no longer planned for Wii U. I feel like most games that were in development for Wii U, we should no longer expect them to expect to see them on the Wii U. You would think that there are still some that are like, oh yeah, we are planning on getting it out later in twenty seventeen, The Wii U games. Yeah, which I don't know. I guess if it was like a Kickstarter stretch goal or like a Kickstarter goal, and you promised and people backed it, you know, with like the promise that it's on Wii U and like your game originally came out in 2015 and people have been waiting for it to come out. I guess it makes sense to honor that, but I sure. totally agree that it feels weird, especially in by the end of 2017. Yeah. to still have your indie game coming out on Wii U. I guess if it's already been out on other platforms, it sort of makes sense, but like obviously anything new like Bloodstained or Ukulele or any of that stuff, it you know, forget about your Wii U versions of it. Well, I also feel like it depends on what engine you built it on yeah because a lot of times or maybe not a lot of times but sometimes you know like the developers are making basically a unique wii u version if all the other versions use like unreal 4 yeah sure. whereas now it'd be much easier for them to put it on to switch because they wouldn't have to make a right. i mean that a, was a what was happening with version. like bloodstained i think was they were using an engine that wasn't supported on the wii u so they would have they were gonna have to make a weird not a weird but like a Completely different well, Wii U version, like a are. really weird one, <laughs> just like gross and <laughs> <Yeah>. uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so, uh, the fall, I was not familiar with part one, but it seems to be like a Metroidvania mixed with point and click adventure games. Interesting. And by appears to be, that's basically cribbed exactly from their PR. So, if it's wrong, blame it on the developers. Blame it on Over the Moon Games. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if that's the developer, but yeah, why not? I mean, again, I'm looking these things up <laughs> <laughs> as you explain them to me. <laughs> uh yeah, it looks kinda cool. Another indie game, party golf, is coming to Switch. Developer Giant Margarita made the announcement on Twitter. Uh Party Golf is like a one to eight player couch co op like golf game with procedurally generated terrains, over a hundred included play modes, power-ups, et cetera. So to my mind, the simplest way to explain it. It seems like it's like almost like a Mario Kart version of golf. Like uh, Mario Golf? No, more fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, have you ever been able to get into a uh, golf video game? Nah. Um, I tried with the Mario Golf on uh, the 3DS. At some point, it was on sale for like $12, and I bought it. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that no matter how you dress it up, it's still golf. I mean, I actually think the closest I got was in Wii Golf. Yeah, okay. Like, I probably, that's the most golf that I've ever played in video game form. Well, or in general. <laughs> in, unless we count mini golf. <laughs> right, and I don't think you can count mini golf, because mini golf, unlike golf, is uh, fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, I golfed one summer. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear it's that. It's alright, I won a trophy. For being the best to get out of the sand trap or something. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. It wasn't like, that wasn't like uh, Patrick's the worst at this. Let's at least say he's the best at getting the ball out of the sand trap. Mm-hmm. It was like we had a day of like events and one of the events was like chipping out of the, the sand trap. I'll be honest, I would love to like go golfing, but I would have to go with someone who would tolerate my complete ignorance and I- idiocy. I mean, right? Like, cause it's like, yeah. I would want to go to like try it and hit the ball around, but I couldn't go with someone who's like actively trying to perform well. The thing is, I-, I think golf is one of those activities where most people that do it are very bad at it. And the people who are good at it are seen as the jerks, mm. right? The-, the people are like, no, we're golfing today. Um, everyone else is like, you know, uh, Mark Twain said that, like, uh, I think it was Mark Twain. Let's assume that it is. It's folksy and American sounding, so I'm going to (laughs) say that it is. Um, That uh, golf is the uh, waste of a good walk. Um, That, like, you just want to be outside. You want to be in that space. um, And, like, have a a physical day. And, uh, you know, someone's going to get super competitive about hitting a ball near a hole. But, like, you don't have to. (laughs) Just just knock it around a little bit. Yeah. That sounds nice. Um, But. The walking around in nature part is never part of a of a video game version of golf. Right. They just skip you right there. Skip you to where the ball is. <laughs> so uh, I've actually never really played Mario Golf. Is it like Mario Kart? Like, is it... It's uh, like hyper-realistic? Like, are there power-ups? Yes, there are power-ups. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, obviously there are Mario characters. There are like floating platforms. There are... Um, like question blocks that you can hit and make other things happen. um, But I mean, it, at the heart of it, it's it's still like a, oh, the wind is blowing this way and the, the gradient here is, you know, up 12 degrees and the hole is this many feet away. So like, I don't know, it all becomes a sort of... Like no matter how you dress it up. Yeah. I mean, no matter how many piranha flowers you put into it, it's still golf. Yeah. So your mileage may vary. Yes. So, without getting too pervy, oh, and I you know, and Lord knows there are hundreds of websites online dedicated to this question. I cannot wait to hear what you're going to ask me. <laughs> what kind of underwear do you think Mario's sporting? Oh, Mario, I feel like Mario is a traditionalist um, with an older sensibility, so he probably thinks that white boxer shorts with uh red polka dots on them. He probably thinks that's real funny. Oh, yeah. I bet he thinks that's real funny. You know what's not so funny, Mario? That you need to dress for comfort. I guess it's not particularly unfunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's neutral funny. It's neutral funny. Like MacWeldon.com. <laughs> Mac Weldon sells comfortable underwear. They sell comfortable socks. They sell comfortable shirts. They sell comfortable uh, hoodies and uh, shorts. I've been wearing some Mac Weldon stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, it genuinely feels good. Right. Like, not just like, this is a commercial. Which it is. Which it is. But like, no, it actually... Right. I really like it. I like it too. Uh, It was easy to buy. You know, to the extent that all things on the internet are easy to buy. You click a couple times, you enter your credit card information. It's not confusing. No. Not unduly (laughs) confusing. No. And if you enter... Our promo code, dig it. We have a promo code, Nintendo. Um, that's not that whole thing. Just Nintendo is the promo code. <laughs> you can save 20% on your order at MacWeldon um, at checkout. Uh, so just enter that promo code. Knows, they, they know then that we sent you. You save 20%. And then you get some soft underwear. It's MacWeldon.com, promo code Nintendo. Uh, Hal Laboratories developed various parts of the Switch system. Which is interesting because HAL is usually not known for Hal Laboratories is usually not known for working directly on Nintendo hardware. Yeah, that is uh the so is it hardware stuff that they worked on or like the operating like software stuff? It's it seems like it's so yeah, it's not the hardware itself, but it's more than just the consumer facing operating system because they did work on that like the web browser component which is used for the e-shop and connecting your Nintendo account to your Switch and stuff like that the me library but they also apparently developed the game development environments and the game development tools interesting yeah that's i mean it really sounds like Nintendo called in reinforcements like everybody they could right, they in talked order to, to get capcom, this out the door and capcom was like we need more ram in this thing um yeah, that that is interesting. It it seems like this machine has a little bit more of a "Hey, everyone, help us out! Everybody, get in here!" kind of yeah. kind of a, a approach to it, which I think is good. Um, a, I it seems like a more competent machine than what um, we've seen out of Nintendo lately. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, well, speaking of like, okay, so Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, there mm-hmm. was a patch released this past week, one point one point one. 1. Uh, and it seems to have increased frame rates. So, like, or, sorry, there were, like, frame rate improvements in trouble spots before. And this seems to mostly be in docked mode. Yes. Where, like, the problems were showing up for people. When it's, like, upscaling to, like, the 980p. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, or 960, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that, um, particularly in the Lost Woods, um, when you get to, like, the Korok Village in there, they're you know whenever there's a bunch of uh like blades of grass on screen that are like waving around i feel like then it starts to chug a little bit yeah the most noticeable for me was there and also by the temple of time on the plateau yeah it would kind of chug a little bit i haven't gone back to those areas since the patch to like compare and it was never i'm not really much of a like uh, I don't care that much about, like, frame rate drops and things like that, as long sure. as they don't really detract from the experience. And I never felt like they were a big enough problem to detract from it. See, I I, I, I would see it and, like, would feel, like, a, a little bit of, like, the immersion breaking um, in, in moments like that. And, like... It never bothers me when I'm playing a uh, like an NES game and there are too many enemies on screen and so like it gets slow down like that almost feels like it's adding to the drama of the moment where it's like slow oh. motion so yeah and like the system and I are struggling at the same time you know <laughs> um, but when it like it's just trying to calculate blades of grass I'm like mm, I don't feel that same stress <laughs> so it doesn't totally work for me um, but like it's interesting that that's never. I've never experienced that in Breath of the Wild, where, uh, like, I'm being attacked on all sides by, like, moblins and a guardian's bearing down on me, and that's why it slows down. It's only ever, there's too much grass on the screen. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, speaking of Blades of Grass and Breath of the Wild, that's, I um, there is at least one side quest that I did that basically just amounted to me walking around outside of a village and, like, cutting down blades of grass so I could get a cricket. You could get the, the So crickets, I get yes. like ten crickets restless or something. Cricket. Restless crickets. And that was definitely my least favorite part of the game so far. Even though it was just a side quest. So I could have stopped at any time. But yeah. that like gamer completionist part of my brain like kicked in and like, oh I'm gonna do this. But just walking around slicing grass and then having to do i what felt like so much in order to just get ten restless crickets. Yeah. That was the kind of are like uh, open world, side quest filler. That's that I your that's don't your coyote, really Like uh, coyote skins, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only been one side quest so far, but that was the one side quest I was like, ugh, <laughs> like it. You know, it's just like one of those bo- boring fetch quest type things that yeah. doesn't really have any. Uh, there's nothing that particular component of it. There was nothing really interesting to it. It was just like, okay, I'm just gonna stand out here and do this mindless action until I collect a arbitrary number of of like an item. Yeah. Do you ever think about, um, cause I, I do this for some of them and for others uh, I, I do what you just did of like go out and seek out the, the 10 things. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out into the world when, and when, if I will keep an eye out for this thing, but otherwise I'll just wait until I probably have enough. Um, like there was a, a Zora kid that wanted 10 hot footed frogs and I had like eight and I was like, whatever, I'll come back later. Uh, and then I did and I remembered and I went back and I got whatever he was going to give me. I think that's probably a better way to play it. I feel like, let me just tell you how to play the game. (laughs) No, no, I think you're right. I actually think it speaks to like just my general psychology (laughs) (laughs) for real, where I in life am in such like a warrior that I'm going to like forget things Mm -hmm. and so um like to me it's just like i'm gonna do this now so i don't worry about forgetting it later yeah and i mean maybe over something that is pointless (laughs) we don't need to diagnose myself (laughs) in the news section of our nintendo podcast but Uh, your point is well taken next news item mark is insane (laughs) Uh Unity five point six was also released this past week with official support for Nintendo Switch. So Yay. Unity is the game engine. This affects my life not at all. Except I guess other than some cool You'll games might games. come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Snipper Clips and Super Bomberman are and possibly some other games that have already been released used Unity, but with official support, any developer can release titles they've developed in Unity on the Switch uh as as with many of these sorts of news items i just hope it means more games coming to this thing absolutely um so we played uh, some snake pass we're gonna be talking about a little bit later one thing that was missing from the switch version of snake pass was time trials weird uh the developer said that they will be patched in sometime in the future although i have to admit the way i've been playing snake pass Time trials sound like a nightmare to me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, unless the time trial is like, finish this in 15 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's like, get nothing, just get to the end. Yeah, this is a game I would really love. It'll be really fun to see it be speedrunned. Oh, my God. Because um, I, I, I'd, to watch somebody be really good at these controls yeah. would be really fun. To watch someone be like precise with this game. Yeah. I don't. Uh, again, we are going to talk about it later, but I play this game so sloppily. Oh, uh, it feels impossible to me to not play it that way. Okay, sloppy. Good, good, good. So, good. um, but yeah, so te- time trial's coming sometime in the future. How quick and how sloppy can you play? <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of uh, content coming sometime in the future, Super Bomberman R downloadable content is coming from Konami, and they are going to be releasing it for free. Free! uh no word yet on what the DLC will include or w- when it'll come out. Uh but lots of information about how much it's going to cost, which is nothing. Which is nothing. Uh which is good news. Um that was one of the knocks against now you neither you or I have played Bomberman R. Or... I was never a Bomberman person. Me neither. I never got into it. Bomberman always seemed like one of those uh one of those just like ride along titles where it's just like here's one more thing you can do with, with the system. Yeah, here's Bomberman, um, and I don't find the design aesthetic super appealing. But uh, if if you picked up one of the if you picked up Bomberman because you were like I need all the games, there's gonna be more content for it. It's me Tomo's one year anniversary. We did it, guys. We really did it. Has it already been a year? <laughs> oh, my. How my time with MitoMo has passed. Uh, is that it? I feel like mitomo has been around forever. Yeah, it's only been a year. Okay. Um, apparently, Nintendo has planned out various activities and events to celebrate the one-year anniversary. So there will be login bonuses, special anniversary items, contests, and much, much more great me tell my one year anniversary everybody uh still not on your phone anymore oh no i can confirm it is still not on my phone i can confirm the same for my phone fire emblem heroes also not on my phone uh fire emblem heroes still on my phone super mario run off my phone again oh are you playing fire emblem heroes no <laughs> it just hasn't been removed yet <laughs> gotcha um a little more sad news Mad cats filed for Chapter Seven bankruptcy, oh now other uh as opposed to oh. a Chapter eleven bankruptcy, which means that they plan on restructuring and continuing to exist as an ongoing concern uh mad cats by filing for Chapter Seven bankruptcy means that they're calling it quits that's a bummer yeah i mean okay i get, I get it i get I get where you're going here, Mark <laughs> like who cares they always made the crappier controller for. Like the the budget controller. Yeah. I mean, I don't even really think it's fair to say the crappier controller, but it was the controller that nobody ever wanted to use. It's the little brother slash friend down the street controller. Sure. Or little sister controller. <laughs> yes. Um, The only place that I will push back on that is that uh, Mad Madcats. Also did a lot of fighting sticks, fighting games. Oh, I knew yeah. you were gonna come to their defense <laughs> with fighting sticks. Actually, more more even than fighting sticks because their fight sticks aren't super great. There are a lot of uh, better manufacturers of arcade style fight sticks, but their fight pads were really good. Uh, pl- uh, oh, wait, wait. So a pad, I, I can just agree yeah. Um, it it has the regular like D pad. Um, okay. Uh, on on the left side, and then. Um, Four buttons like later, or four buttons on top of four buttons like face buttons with no triggers. But it's the size of a. It's like it's like it's about a, the size of a regular controller. Yeah, that's so right. it's not like because I guess when I was thinking fight stick, I was thinking like the big like yeah. one you put on your yes. lap that has like a joystick and mm-hmm. the arcade style buttons. Yeah, so oh, the, okay, the, 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 like it's kind of the compromise of the two where like um you're doing all of the because there's a big difference between like doing an input on. Um, on a joystick and on a, a directional pad um, j- in like you know you've in one you've got your whole wrist doing like a Hadouken motion and the other like you're just sort of flicking your thumb um, and I think a lot of fighting game players uh, like the convenience of uh, being able to do all that just with your thumb and that's sort of where the fight pad comes in but being able to access all six or eight attack buttons at once is uh, a, a, dis- <coughs> a distinct advantage that our, our arcade stick players have um it's almost an identical controller to the old sega genesis six button controller do you remember this yeah thing? um yeah a b x or a b c x y z no other controllers at <laughs> that sense. i uh, this is partly just speculation on my part but i wonder if part of their financial problems happened as severely as they did because they hitched their wagon to a rock band and maybe Guitar Hero, like this the latest yeah, and iteration Fighter. of it. I mean, like all of it. They they and were so like Street Fighter Five bombed, mm-hmm. um, like the new Rock Band, yeah, just, right in the toilet. Uh, the new Guitar Hero. So that had to have hurt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's just uh, we are, and even even if they hadn't been like so connected to that, we're living in such a like post, um excess of uh, accessories era. You know, like, after having all of those Wii remotes, after having all of those plastic guitars and a plastic drum set and, you know, your DJ Hero controller, like, I don't think people want that clutter in their house anymore. Like, yeah. Um, that's something that we had a taste of, and for the next couple of years, at least, we're like, no thank you. I'll just have my regular controllers. I also... Do- Companies sold third-party wii motes right great question i i feel like those existed um but i assume all of that stuff maybe not but i guess i assume because i owned i don't know if they were mad cats but like third-party controllers for the gamecube yeah that was the last time i remember owning those and i'm pretty sure they existed for the wii um Obviously, they wouldn't, other than just the Wiimotes, they wouldn't exist for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they can exist for the Switch. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's actually maybe this is is part of it that controllers have possibly grown too sophisticated for Mad cats to have or to be able to like offer a budget version of them. Like, a, a DualShock 4 controller for the PlayStation 4 has a lot of tech in it. It's got that um, swipey like touch, yeah, the screen, touch screen thing, thing that's um, also a button like the even just like the LED light in the background yeah like there's a lot going on in that controller and if you're missing any of those features you're fundamentally not supplying the same like controller experience Um, and obviously the same is going to be true for the Joy-Cons as well like there's a bunch of tech in those things Um, and if your budget controller isn't offering all that same stuff then you're it's not It's not actually the controller. And also maybe just because I am older now and have uh, more disposable income, but I guess it feels to me like gaming in general has become more sophisticated where people, instead of wanting cheaper controllers, like Xbox has, I can't remember what they call it, but like an elite controller. Yeah, sure. Right, like people are demanding better. And that thing's over like $100, right? Yeah, and it's supposed to be like, like the buttons are clickier and like remappable or whatever, right? You know, so it's like I feel like that. At least my perception of it is that's the direction that those things are moving, and mm-hmm. all of that is controlled by the manufact the console creators, right? And it doesn't leave a lot of room for a uh, company whose uh, goal has always been uh, more budget oriented. Totally. Uh, so I think we did it. We solved. <laughs> we uh. solved Mad Gas, <laughs> and I guess I. Just in general, today that we're recording, April 3rd, is the one-month anniversary of the Switch's release, with a little more enthusiasm this time. Uh, Yeah, one month ago today, huh? Yeah, so any thoughts on your one month with the Switch? Uh, things you're liking, things you uh, wish were a little different? I, you know, I guess just my normal complaints. Um, I wish that there were, I wish that the virtual console was in place um, for as much as I am in love with Breath of the Wild, it sure would be nice to play some older games on this thing that aren't you know, neo Geo games, I guess that that counts, but um yeah like uh, outside outside of Zelda, it doesn't necessarily feel like a very Nintendo machine to me just yet, um, but maybe that's a good thing come to think of it that like it has an identity apart from being just a Nintendo device I agree it feels like the least nintendo Mm -hmm. nintendo console in a very long time yeah um but i i'm really impressed with like what a good kit it is you know like what Mm -hmm. like it's really solid hardware that i like using yes um i like the joy cons like i like playing with the joy con grip Mm -hmm. um yeah, my let me uh so you when you originally picked it up were like, um I'm going I'm just gonna get the base system and then I'm gonna see uh see what I need extra from there. Mm-hmm. Um have you made any additional purchases? I bought screen protectors. Yeah, but I have not put it on. Great. Uh and my I don't do the undocking and docking a ton, but I do it on a regular basis and so far. I haven't seen any reason to put the screen yeah. protector on. Um do you take it anywhere now? Cuz this is something that we were both when we started were kind of skittish about. I I don't really take it anywhere and that's but that's not really because um like I'm scared to take it places. Although I guess like like how I would carry it is still a factor. More yeah. is just that I feel like when I'm going places I it's rarely like I have the time to play while I'm somewhere else. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I uh the other night I was heading to UCB and um the upright citizens brigade theater. Um and I was I had nebulous plans to either meet a friend for drinks before or not. Um and so I was like, I'll just take the switch along and if the friend doesn't show up, I can just play that. I mean, and that's uh, perfect. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, I really never took the 3DS with me anywhere either, except on the rare occasions I was like traveling on an airplane or something for long distances. But um, no, the one thing I am considering getting is a pro controller. And that's only after playing because fi- I've been very happy playing Breath of the Wild with the Joy-Cons. But after playing Splatoon 2, ah, the test yeah. fire, I feel like I want a pro controller for that. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um, I I really like my Pro controller. It is uh, when I when I'm playing Breath of the Wild in handheld mode, I've got no complaints. Um, but when I'm playing it on the TV, I'm always using the Pro controller. Um, I I, I don't really use the grip, the Joy-Con grip. If I'm playing with the Joy Cons, um, I'll just play with them separate. Um, yeah, I was expecting uh, to be able to do that, and I, I actually don't find it very comfortable. Oh, interesting. I'm surprised at how much I don't really like doing that, especially because I thought that was going to be a selling point for me. Right. Um. Turns out you play games the way you play games. Yeah. The way you've always played games. <laughs> but I'm actually not missing a virtual console that much. I am in theory, but I hate having a backlog of games. Yeah, sure. And I know that right now, like, um, I wouldn't have... Like, if I bought Chrono Trigger again or I bought... Something it would just be sitting there, and it would be nice to own. I would like right. that feeling. It would make me happy, <laughs> you know. But it's like and happiness is elusive. <laughs> something we. Oh, can it's never... Monday, guys. <laughs> but welcome back to Garfield Cast. <laughs> but, um, as an actual like exercise, mm. I'm I'm not missing them because I wouldn't be playing them. That's a fair point. I have I am Setsuna just sitting on there that I've barely played. Um, so yeah, I it, it makes sense. Um, I, I, I almost can't get over the people who are already through breath of the wild or, um, like that, that seems like such a foreign, uh, foreign state to me. Like there's just so much game there that, uh, it doesn't feel like there's any shortage of games on this thing. Um, even if there's really only a couple that we're talking about, but you know, like you said, it's only been out a month. Um, so I, I think the highest praise I can give it is how like, well, it fits into my life yeah. and how it feels like I've like, it feels like a device that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I have, you know, like my computer, my phone, my iPad, and, um, it's not like, I'm like, where does this fit in? It, it's, it's, it's like a game console that works how I want a game console to work for me. Yeah. Absolutely. But, like I tur- I find myself turning to it much, fa- much more than the PS4, and this is almost just because it's so fast. Oh my gosh! Yeah. To boot up is so quick. To jump into a game mm-hmm. is really fast. If it's like in, like I'll um put it to sleep, and then I can get into. I turn it on, and I'm into Zelda. Like immediately yeah it's it's yeah usually before i even realize that i'm like playing the game again i'm just like staring out on a beautiful vista and so for that for that reason like initially uh i was like i don't care about netflix on this thing because i you know i just want to be fast i just want to be a game machine Mm -hmm. but if they could get netflix on here and have it be as fast as it is now it would be my primary like because right now i use my ps4 for Hulu yeah. and Netflix on my TV. But if I had those things on the switch, I would hundred percent use the switch over it, but I wouldn't want to compromise the speed. Right. Well, and so that that's a thing is that um, it's still not super quick at like connecting to the store. Yeah. Like it's, it's okay. Um, but also sometimes I've had a couple times where it's like, Oh, the uh, store is down for maintenance right now. Like earlier today, I was going to hop on and take a look at, um, some of the Neo Geo titles. Um, and there was scheduled maintenance today, though. I understand that. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's what it popped up and said. I didn't know that ahead of time. Um, but even even when there is no scheduled maintenance, um, that it takes a couple. It takes a little bit to get on there. The store is definitely a problem. Yeah, it is not organized in any way and, yet, and it's like a little slower. There's no cart. You can't like yep. buy. You know, it's. Um, uh, it's always been since the Wii. It's been kind of a problem because they're sending you. It's not you know. It's it's just a web page yeah. that they're sending you to, and for some reason, it's always been kind of slow and clunky. Like getting into the Wii Shop. Yeah. Um. And now the uh, eShop is the same sort of way. The the thing that other than organization and this rolls into new releases for the week. The other thing that bugs me is you have no idea what's being released outside of maybe three or four titles that are yeah. highlighted as coming soon. Like, so last week, Pikmin 2 launched on the Wii U. It's not like virtual console. It's like their Wii yeah. s- selections. I mean, it's still sort of virtual yeah. console. Um, yeah. Would have been nice. You know, would have been great to know. It, but it's none of that information seems to be available until the day of release yeah it's also super weird that that kind of stuff doesn't make it over to that like little news bar um even like even for a switch games yeah that it's always just like here's the new mario kart trailer it's like okay that's a month away you've got games coming out right now yeah like the original metal slug yeah was released on the switch last thursday so apparently hamster is doing like at least one ne- new neo geo title a week um we have no idea, as far as I could tell by researching zero clue the, what the one for this Thursday is. uh, I know what the one for the April thirteenth is. It's gonna be samurai Sh- Samurai showdown four. Great, but that's what, you know, like that's the thirteenth. It's just it's really baffling to me uh, how opaque uh indie releases on or just the eShop in general yeah. is, like the release schedule, finding titles organizing like all of that seems very haphazard right now how long do you think they can put off like giving this thing real organization because like right now it has none they're just adding them in but in the order that they were released right so like breath of the wild now if someone you know gets a switch right now which good luck again <laughs> like, yeah they're hard to find in stores um and they want to download breath of the wild they've got to scroll down through everything else Past World of Goo, you know. Uh, past, past, like, six Neo Geo titles. Yeah. Because they a, were released afterward. Rick brick of six Neo Geo titles to get to Breath of the Wild. Which is, without a doubt, the biggest selling yeah. point for owning a Switch at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess you could maybe argue that, yeah, but, like, now... Everybody who's scrolling down looking for Breath of the Wild is seeing all these other titles that they maybe would have ignored otherwise. But they're just seeing them as obstacles to so the thing they want to get to. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 don't know. It's one of those things that feels very like they kind of threw something together, right, as, to get it out on in time. Um, I'm just saying there has to reach a point where they can't have totally just buried. Like, and I don't, I don't know when Nintendo is going to see that or when they're going to actually implement a fix now it's all server side that's the thing is they could pull that trigger at any time yeah that's a good point um and the other thing that i'm not and maybe they're like considering the news section to kind of surface that content for people you know what i mean because like news the news section it like has a little icon telling you that you know something new has been added Or, like, that it's trying to get your attention about something, and then you click on it, and it has, you know, so maybe they're trying to, that's, like, how they're trying to get people aware of these other things. Like, there was one that's, like, just this past week that was, like, titles under $20, and things like that. Yeah. Um, It's not a good solution. No, not at all. Um, I just just feel like by the time, um, like, summer games start coming around, like, Splatoon and ARMS and all that stuff, like, it just has to be better presented i mean especially what like because at that point with like splatoon and arms and uh, mario kart will be out at that kart, point yeah that, the, that these will all be games that are like these are these are our multiplayer like online and local um games that like just to have them all like in one place or um have things grouped together you bought this you may also be interested in this in a way that is isn't just here are all the other games yeah uh, not to spend too much more time on this, but I never really used the Wii U eShop. Yeah. D- did you think it was, like, I can only really compare the Switches to the 3DS eShop, which was suffering from not having a lot of screen room, yeah. but did have, um, was able to show you a lot of different content on its main page. Yeah, The I mean, I think the Wii U store was actually pretty good, Um, that, you know, you could uh, search for games by... Uh, original platform, so, like, you know, sometimes it would just be fun to go and check out the Game Boy Advance games that were available on the Wii U or the Wii games. Um, and, and, like, on top of that, if you were like, okay, I just want to see, show me all the Zelda games, and it would, you know, uh, Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD, but also original Zelda, um, uh, Zelda 2, um, and whatever other, I, I guess, uh, Minish Cap is on there. Um, and some other stuff like it, it. It would give you different ways to browse the Nintendo catalog, like by category um, or may more. I guess by franchise, really. Um, but even that is like some kind of organization. You never just went to a page where it was just like here's here's a vomit pile of all the games. It's just weird to me that they're almost like reinventing the wheel on the eShop. Which they're almost uninventing the wheel. Yeah, right? it, it just feels unnecessary to me for them to go back to square one for something like this. Um, Maybe there's logic to it that I, you know, with like uh, integrating the products that I don't understand, but as a customer, it feels like a big step backwards. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why that happened. Uh, I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that this isn't like the real, like uh, the online service yet. Like they haven't launched the, um, the pay model uh, and all of that. So it's, it's possible that they have, all of that waiting to go when they launch the pay service. Um, and it's and, all just cleaner. There. And it's supposed to be sometime this summer that like the free beta part of it starts, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it is. Something's got to be ready yeah. for uh, the 28th when um, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart comes out. I think it is. Like, um, I think there's some sort of like summer. Beta, where like the app will be available, and then you won't have to pay for it till the fall. Yeah, but I guess that'll all remain to be seen. Yeah, we'll see. Um, new releases for this week: Lego City Undercover for the Switch comes out today, the fourth. If you're listening to this today, which, which you, of are, you are, you mm-hmm, are because from... you also were going to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and tell all your friends, <laughs> and just enjoy that it's Tuesday and not Monday. Mm-hmm. um You can see the valley of the week before you. <laughs> Uh, $59.99 on the Switch. Graceful Explosion Machine comes out for the Switch on Thursday, April 6th. Looks dope By for the way. $12.99. And on the Wii U, Animal Gods comes out on the 6th for $12.80, I think. <laughs> Man, what a weird price. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's a Wii U game that was like, uh, Animal Gods came out. It was, I think, a Kickstarter. It was crowdfunded, came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. And is just now coming out on the Wii U, and is one of those things where it was like promised. So here so it is, here it is, guys. <laughs> um, Graceful Explosion Machine looks cool. It was one of those games featured in the uh, Nindy Showcase um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and it it's uh, you know looks like a just sort of uh, one of those side scrolly shooter games um, where you're a spaceship, um, but with a lot of uh, cool particle effects and. Like a kind of cartoony art style that seems really attractive. I think I'm gonna check it out. Um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't couldn't care less about the uh, these other games. <laughs> great. You, get, you are you interested in Lego City Undercover? No, I uh, I don't know. I don't know why I felt that, feel the need to be diplomatic about games I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's great. All right, let's move out of the news. <laughs> Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, where a a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Today we are going to talk about hats. Uh, Mark, are are you a hat guy? No. Have you ever seen me wear a hat? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't own any. You're... (laughs) (laughs) Then it'd be weird for me to see you wearing a hat. I don't know. Maybe I borrowed one. (laughs) Yeah, Given to me as a gift. That's a far cry from um, you being a hat guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You are a a hood guy, though. Uh, But I don't wear them.
1: Do I? I guess I do sometimes. You
0: kind of like nervously flip them up. Yeah. uh, Or like as an affectation sometimes. You're just like, hood's up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so, you, like, no, no baseball caps, no, like, knit cap or anything? No, like they all, they, uh, my head does not look good in a hat. Interesting. Um, like, I would say aggressively bad. Aggressively bad. Yeah. See, uh, like, my boyfriend was like, oh, no, you'd look, good. like, when we were first dating, he's like, no, you'd look good in a hat. We were at, like, Downtown Disney or something like that. hmm And he, nope, it must have been Universal City Walk. And they have, like, a hat store. And so he was like, here, just, like, try this on. And I put it on, and he was like, no, you're right. You don't look good in hats. <laughs> was it the sorting hat? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, there are heads on which hats just don't make sense. Yeah. Um, I am always... I, I don't like my hair. I've never liked my hair. I've never, like, had a... I've never been at peace with what my hair looks like. Um. So I like hiding it under a hat sometimes, but nothing makes me hate my hair more than when it's been in a hat for a while. Mm. Like pulling it out of there, I look like a two-year-old, you know, that just woke up and like has gum in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a good uh, hat head. Like, right. um, like a baseball cap looks good on you thank you yeah uh, and i think like a a like a ski cap or like a knit cap also looks looks pretty good on me there aren't that many opportunities to wear them in los angeles but like when i lived in chicago i would i would start with the hat right like as it starts to get cold like some people will go for like jacket and then hat and then gloves i'll go hat first and if that's not enough then a jacket goes on um and I've actually got a, a couple of, of hats like that. I, I, looked ar- I just looked around my apartment right now as though I was going to pull out a hat <laughs> and produce it and see. Do you see, Mark? Do you see this is hat? It... Um, and then I've got one uh, baseball hat, which actually is in this room. It's right behind you. It's a, a hat that I bought at Strong Current in Hawaii um, during the couple months that I lived there. I feel like baseball caps are, they look good on the most people. Yeah, I would say it's a hat of the people. It is. It is certainly the the common man's hat. <laughs> That's right. So wait, what do you do? Um, because uh, I, I wear hat. I wear uh, the baseball hat as like sort of a a utility hat, to, like to keep sun out of my eyes. Oh man, I wish I could do that without yeah. looking like a freak, but I can't. Sunblock. It's the only. It's the only chance I stand. Uh, what what about like a like a visor, <laughs> or something? <laughs> You're just staring at me like, who, what are you saying? Um, no. Yeah. All right. I, I like, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't Im- imagine falling to that level. I guess if, uh, <laughs> I guess if I were in the right circumstances, I would. Right. Like if I were running a half marathon, sure, I would consider wearing a hat. If like or a visor, right. if I were hosting a high stakes poker game, I would definitely wear a visor. Right, but only if you were hosting it, not if you were, not if I was participating in it. No, right, that would just be very dark sunglasses. Yes, and like a fake nose. <laughs> yeah, um, the one hat that looks reasonable on my head uh-huh. is like the paper ones that you get it in and out. Or Krispy Kreme. And I think it's because they're very thin and I have a very svelte You have a narrow face. head. Yeah. I have a very <laughs> narrow head. And so it's like just having that tiny, like, sure, little it's, it's bit. already kind of pinched. Yeah, like exactly. Bone-shaped. Exactly. It's like having a hot dog butt on your head. It looks fine for me. Maybe- I think a, a propeller beanie I could do in a pinch. Maybe you need, like, a one of those Robin Hood hats with, like, a feather... <laughs> That favors the narrow face. That right? does favor the narrow face. Um, I think you could pull off a th- a three corner hat. I could. I think so. Like a like Paul Revere or yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because I I have something of a wide face. Yeah, but not like aggressively wide. Just round. Right. <laughs> In a good way. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What What do you think about um? So we we've mostly discussed. Uh, like utility hats. This one keeps you warm. This one keeps the sun off your mm-hmm. face. Um, but there are other kinds of hats. Oh, but we'll never I'm know. Nice. We will never know. But we'll never know. <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> uh, uh, daily motion videos don't always um, tell us who is performing in them. So I'm afraid I have no idea who accompanied them. But if today. you recognize yourself. Yep. Congratulations. To... <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, if anyone has a performance of 433 that they would like to hear, on Nintendo Cartridge Society, you can uh, shoot us a link at um, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And with that, we are going to move on to our topic of the week. Snake Pass. Snake Pass. S- Snake Pass. Uh, Mark, what do you think of Snake Pass? Uh, I-, I liked it. I have the same answer with the same hesitation and kind of questioning turn at the end of the phrase I liked it so uh I am only about four for lack of a better term like worlds I think maybe the game calls it domains in yeah. the first one is just generic jungle the second one is water or introduces water the third one introduces And the fourth one introduces air currents, and I'm in air currents right now. So I've just finished the first one. Um and so I've never played a game quite like this. I don't know if I would if it's a it's um a platformer from the perspective of a snake, and so it has Mm. the uh a lot of the same mechanations as a puzzle game. Yeah, I would um, say it, its DNA is more puzzle game than platformer. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. Like mm-hmm. it's its own weird, kind of interesting, cool thing. Yeah, I mean it, it's a uh, the puzzle of the game is always just how to how to make the character move in the way that you want him to. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, and the controls are you know for as much as we will like say that the controls are the biggest challenge, they're also pretty simple right like you push a button to move forward you move back and forth a little bit and you lift your head i guess you also grip the uh See, i I would say it's um i agree there's only really four inputs yeah and then if you're in water it's x to dive or whatever so there's only four inputs but i don't feel like it's simple uh there is an easy Mode, not not mode, but like easy controls. Yeah, I that I see that. think, um, you just like hold to move, and I think it takes away the swaying side, like the sidewinder aspect of it, or yeah. something. Um, but and I I haven't played with that. I I never felt I'm like this far in, and I've never felt like I'm good at the controls. Right, I I would say that that's been my experience as well. That there's no point where, um. Like, even when uh, I, I'm, like, attempting something for the, the third or fourth time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out onto this, you know, post and, like, grab this thing and come back. Um, even if I've done it the last three times and I'm doing it this time, there's no guarantee that I'm going to succeed this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I like this game. I like this game so much more in theory than I like it in practice. Yeah. And, but it's, it's my experience with it has been, like, I will get so frustrated (laughs) that i have to walk away from it yeah but i always want to come back to see if i can like pull it out right you know what i mean um but let's play explain a little bit about just like what the like the world of the game in general and so you play as a snake named noodle his name is noodle and you're trying to make your way through these levels collecting they're like these I can't remember what they're called in the game, but there's like these little like blue blob things yeah, these little like orbs yeah, little yeah. like blue orbs, um some coins, and then uh those two are optional optional like mm-hmm. those are just like if you want uh extra challenge, and it kind of goes in the order of like um well, the, the orbs th- are kind of like coins Med- in mario yeah right? but they're like medium difficulty yeah like there's I, I don't know exactly like 25 or 30 or something of them in each level mm-hmm. um and then there's 15 gold coins and the gold coins are the hardest to get right the blue e- ethereal orbs are like medium difficulty and then the easiest of the three and the three that you have to get in order to complete the level are d- these three like gems and they're like keys to unlock the yeah portal. like an orange one I think a pink one and a yellow one yeah. or green one mm-hmm. a pink one and a yellow one so they they may be the easiest uh, but only because there's only three of them yeah right? they're easiest like, in the sense that they're what the game directs you to get right they're like you know it's like oh you see it and you're like oh this is I have to figure out how to make my way up here. Uh, and so, in that way, they're the easiest, whereas the other ones are kind of hidden, and you would have to go searching for them, and you don't know where they're located right, or go out on like weird little like there there are a lot of times where um you're like going along your your path and you're like, Oh, I can see one of those blue orb things, but it's like I can see where it's in a treacherous where like the game is just sort of like tempting you to try something difficult and then like come back on the main path and continue on and you have a little hummingbird friend companion Mm -hmm. that's with you and you can uh press y to have the hummingbird grab your tail and that'll sometimes help you because if you're dangling off of something with just like your head right the tail the weight of the rest of your body will pull you down and this will help you like stabilize yeah so i mean maybe we can talk a little bit more about like what the controls mean in relation to like the physicality of the snake um which this is one of the things that this game does better than, like, almost any other game I've played is that you feel the physicality of this creature, right? That, like, you're driving it with its head, and where you've, um, like, the path that you've uh, cut with it, um, th- your body occupies that space. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, when you're wrapping around, like, a pole or climbing something or just trying not to fall off a cliff, like, it matters where your body, where your head is and where your body is. And, like, making one lead to the other um, is initially really unintuitive. Um, But, like, the more you play it and the more, like, you get used to it, uh, the the more it makes a lot of sense and can kind of be empowering. but. It, like it's it's something that you always have to be aware of totally and and that's what makes it unique is mm-hmm. you know like all these levels are fairly like if you were Mario you'd be able to solve it incredibly quickly yeah um the challenge is being like okay i have such limited mobility mm-hmm. so how do i maneuver myself through these obstacles um and it's usually like uh like bamboo sticks that is how you, like, drape yourself on or pull yourself up. Mm-hmm. You, or coil yourself Like, coil around. yourself around. And then there's also switches and that you have to, like, pull in order to make things happen. And, um... No enemies in this n- game? Yeah, no enemies. Everything is just environmental that you're... Ju- it's just you against the environment. Now, there's a hint of a story throughout it where, like, um... Every At the end of every world, mm-hmm. there will be, like, a shadow of a bird, or you see a close-up of, like, this big, like, dark bird-like thing, and your little hummingbird friend is like, what was that? It's like, there's something out there. So I think it's building to something. I don't necessarily think, like, a boss battle, but I think it is building to something. Right. Um. But I haven't gotten to that point yeah, like yet. That. Um, I'm not crazy... Every, uh I think the game looks good yeah like uh i I have only played it since the patch for the switch was released, which mm-hmm. I guess like corrected some small graphical things and fixed h d rumble problems they were having. It was a little like uh Vaseline-y looking before um and I, I think that's what the uh the patch addressed and I feel like it still is a little bit when you're playing on in handheld mode mm-hmm. um but yeah, in general, I think the game looks good. I'm not crazy about like the uh, c- character design, but it's not bad. It just it feels a little sub rare to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I I get that, and it's also a little bit weird to me that the hummingbird doesn't have the same sort of aesthetic as like the hummingbird looks like a hummingbird, um, and the snake looks like a cartoon snake that was in Banjo Kazooie. You know? Yeah. Um, I do like the personality of the snake that he's like kind of dopey. Oh, absolutely. Um like he's a big dummy. And there's little uh one little detail that I liked a lot is one of the hints in the loading screen was that you can use the um not the d-pad like the directional buttons yeah it's basically a d-pad yeah, yeah the directional buttons to change his facial expression yes. so he has like four little like one where he's like hat like dopey happy one that he's like worried one that you know he's a little like sinister it's dopey in all of these <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dopey sinister dopey sad yeah um and that's re- that's really fun and i love that attention to detail mm-hmm. like this is this is a game that had a lot of Like, it it has a lot of, like, thought put into it. And again, it's something I've never played before. Yeah. My my main frustration with the game comes, like, I feel like I'm always fighting either the controls or the camera. Oh, I wish that camera were smarter. So, as it stands, the camera is completely manual, right? Like, there's no... No, it will dynamically shift, but it does it in times or in, like, ways that are so... That are slow and frustrating to me. Like I want it to be smarter and more dynamic. Yes. Like there are lots of times where I'm like uh you know going down a a little bamboo thing where I'm already precariously above like a pit or something and I just need to be able to see like where this next thing is and I wish the the camera would know that would recognize where I am and where I'm trying to get to and just like give me a little bit more like, if I get to, if I'm going around a corner and suddenly the camera is behind me instead of, you know, just to the, to the side, I can't see what I'm doing. Yeah, the camera can be really frustrating. And because the controls are elaborate. Yeah. You know, like, you have your fingers on so many buttons. Yes. Have you ever done this thing where you, like, use your other hand to, like, jam, the, the camera stick Yeah, because, yeah. like, basically what you do is you, um, especially if you are dangling precariously, to kind of balance yourself and try to get to the next piece of bamboo. You almost have to always be holding A to keep your head up, mm-hmm. and um, and holding the go forward button to like keep his your, momentum. Yeah, but also holding the uh, the grip button. So you're at this point, you're holding the uh, left trigger, the right trigger, and A, and the way that you're holding controllers is that your other fingers are wrapped behind it, basically <laughs> yeah. gripping it. And so, uh, I never really found a good solution. Yours would like using my other hand to try to control the camera would work. But inevitably, what I would end up doing is I'd have to release A or something right. to try to move the camera around the corner and try to do that fast enough and then jam A again so I don't lose the balance, momentum, grip, all that stuff. But what, it, what would inevitably happen is because the camera movement is very, is slower yeah. than I want it to be, I would just always just die. Just fall off, yeah. Um, so I always, and, and I never felt, I still don't feel in control like when things happen i can i feel like i'm always like winging it like yeah. i'm i'm able to accomplish it but i've given up on getting the coins or oh, all yeah. the blobs because i don't care enough and i'm the controls are frustrating to me i don't have the finesse to pull yeah. those off mm-hmm. no i mean i'm uh you know like i said just uh just barely or just at the end of that first um like world or domain or whatever it's called um and you know i have long since given up on the idea of 100%ing any of these levels um i like i kind of just there's enough challenge in just traversing them as it is um like playing these games like those old fashioned uh rare collectathons seems like the wrong way to go about playing this game like i kind of don't want a challenge beyond just collecting the three main things and it's it's interesting to me that the presentation is so uh, cute and cartoony and inviting. Yeah. Uh, because the game is, I feel like brutally difficult. Yeah. Like from the kind of confusing control scheme to the like actual physics of the way the snake moves. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's not something I would give my nephew. Right. To dink around with. It's also um, the game is weirdly unforgiving in uh, like how it, when you do fail. Um, Cause like you've got, there aren't lives or anything in this game. You just, like, respawn at the checkpoint. But the checkpoints there are too... I don't know. They're too, like, stingy with them in the game. They're physical. So you yes. have to physically move across, um, like, a symbol on the ground. And then it lights up. And that means you've hit a checkpoint. So if you die, you'll be returned to that. But not just that physical location. The um, The collectibles... Yes. So anything you get... Any of the collectibles you get between checkpoints you have if to you do die again. you they're all gone which it can be frustrating when you are like oh i pulled off this maneuver right like i finally grabbed that like pink square and now but i die right yeah and it's i mean like i i understand where like they wouldn't want you to be able to um like, just make your way out onto a precarious post and, like, grab a thing, die, and then, like, respawn and still have the thing. Like, there is something to be said for you have to get there and get back. But I almost wish that you could, or the game would automatically, uh, like, auto-save just any time you're on solid ground. Right, like, right before you head out to that ledge, basically. Yeah. Um, and I also, uh, it it takes just a little bit longer than I want it to, to respawn me. Um this game feels like the kind of game that should uh, not really punish you for failing because uh, fail, failure is such a frequent state. Yeah, I mean, one of the things it says is don't be afraid to explore, but the lack of a, to me, satisfying checkpoint system does yes. prevent me from wanting to explore. Because there are points in a map, even though I'm not going after the orbs, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I'm supposed to go over here. Yeah. Or, like, I wonder if I do go over here if that there is something, like, a reward for doing so. But I never want to right. because I'm so worried about losing my progress. Right. And then Noodle will just fall off the stage with, like, his mouth open and going, like, Wah! Which is adorable, of course. Yeah. And dopey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, yes, it, it can be frustrating to, like, lose your progress there and then do something that was sort of frustrating you in the first place again. Yeah. The most fun I'm having with the game is when I feel like I can improvise a solution. Yes. Because uh, there are moments w- where I'm like, I don't think I was supposed to get it this way, <laughs> but it's, I, I wasn't breaking the game doing it. I was just like, um, I didn't see whatever bamboo or switch it wanted me to get. So I just kind of like use the physics to wiggle my way yeah. You know, up like a stone column or something. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of that, too, where, like, uh, you can just sort of muscle your way up a lot of things. um, And so, like, it is... Yeah, it, it does feel like there is a lot of imp- improvisation in this. And when there isn't is when I find myself the most frustrated. When it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's one solution to this, and if you don't pull it off the way that we designed it to be pulled off, mm-hmm. then you're just stuck. And I... I find those sections to be the most frustrating. Like there's one in a, I think it's like the first or um, maybe it's the one of the last fire Mm -hmm. uh, stages where there are two switches and you like coil them around. So the camera locks completely into place. Like you can't move it at all. And there are two switches that you have to turn to turn these three like columns to line up mm-hmm. and um, it, I wasn't sure what I was doing. Like I was just spinning it, but, yeah, I, yeah. There were, but I didn't know what the game wanted me to do, but it was clear that it wanted me to do something Yes, because I couldn't move the camera. So I couldn't see what else was supposed to be going on. So it was yeah, like, yeah. okay, clearly I'm supposed to line these up in some way, but it was, there was no feedback. There was no anything to tell me if I'd done it correctly, which I, Guess you could argue was part of the challenge, but to me was just like it was too opaque. Sure. Well, and also, you know, like you say, is um, if not unique, then atypical um, for the game to request a specific solution to a problem where most most other uh, keys and orbs and coins you can get through, you know, uh, uh, various methods of of approach um, instead of having to unlock in one. And only one way, um, Mark, How do we feel about the uh, the music in this game? Because we were recently raving about um, David Weiss. Is that his name? D- yeah, yeah. Um, his score for Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze. Um, I almost said Returns, <laughs> uh, and he is back in this game. Um, any any thoughts or impressions on on that? Uh, the the favorite music track for me so far. Is World 2. Uh-huh. And so this is a game where it has one piece of music, one composition per world. Yeah. It's not uh, super dynamic like the um, Donkey Kong Country. Right. And even the each, each level inside the worlds uh, all use the same theme. Yeah. And I am not... I, I feel the same way I felt about Tropical Freeze where, like, the first world... I thought, like, visually, was, isn't that interesting? It's just, like, generic cartoony jungle. Yeah. Um, the music, I don't think, is particularly interesting. World 2, I found myself, like, the, I found that music so ingrained in my head. Yeah. That, like, I woke up one morning with it. You know how you just sometimes have, like, songs that were, yeah. like, in yes. like, your subconscious? Like, it's one that I just, like, have in there now. Um, so, the music is really, is, it's, like, it's good. It's fun. The uh, yeah, World Two has been my favorite. The me to me, the music is where it shows that it's a, um, it's towing the line at like a it's a twenty dollar title, yeah, right because it you, it's clear that there's a limited number of compositions, yeah, and I don't say that like it being a twenty dollar title as a knock against it because I think it's a great price for mm-hmm. this game. I think it's really well priced because I think it's fun. But I do think it's you know a little bit of a budget title. Yeah, well, it, it's a little bit of a budget title. But if you really want to sink a lot of uh, a lot of time and give yourself extra challenge, like you have that option. It's all it's all in there. Yeah, it's very rewarding. I mean, most just in like the presentation. Yeah, and, sure. you know. Um, but sometimes I do wish that I could just turn into banjo or turn into mario and just run around the levels <laughs> um like there there is a little bit of that uh the that aesthetic and uh what looks like a platformer does sometimes make me wish i could just like celebrate freedom of movement and this game is anything but freedom of movement it's very restricted movement and it's what makes this game this game but um and as much as i like get frustrated i do always want to come back to play more mm-hmm. But ultimately, what it boils down to is, I would love to see all of this refined in a Snake Pass Two. Yeah, like I, done. I like, I encourage people. If it looks interesting to you, I encourage people to buy this game because I've enjoyed it for what it is. But it feels like it needs more polish. Like it needs more refinement. Like I feel like the controls need to be refined more. The cameras need to be refined more. Yeah, definitely the camera. Um, just to make it. I don't want approachable to be like a dirty word to make it sound like like dumbed down or anything, but I do think that it, the whole thing could stand to be a little more approachable. Yeah, well, I mean, I th- I think this uh, feels in a lot of ways like, or for for me, one one of my first like associations playing this game was playing the first couple Resident Evil games uh, because it has that like you have a walk forward button uh, and walk forward depends on which direction your character is facing, and so like. You know, the that's sort of separate from the camera. It, like, tank control feels very accurate for Noodle. Um, and, I, you know, I always sort of like that with Resident Evil, possibly because that's, like, the only option we had at the time. Um, but, like, universally, people are like, oh, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is, like, how a Resident Evil game should play, should control. So I, I wonder if there is, like, a, a similar kind of refinement that could make... Uh, make it yeah, you know, I guess just more approachable. I think that's probably the the right word for that. Um I wonder what we mentioned the time trials before, right? Um that sounds so stressful. Oh man. Like, I, I can't, can't even imagine. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it being like uh fun in any way. Yeah, I and I I do think it's a hundred percent likely that I'm not playing this game how it's meant to be. You know, like, I am obviously don't have the finesse with these controls. I don't know that I'm using grip correctly. I don't know yeah. if I'm, you know, like, I have found a way. It, to me, it feels like holding chopsticks where yes. I know that I'm not doing it correctly because I never learned the right way to do it. But you're but doing I, something. But I found a method that, that works food for is me. In your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I feel with these controls where it's like, I'm positive that somebody who really understands these controls could like really find finesse in their movements. Mm-hmm. To me it's like a blunt instrument that I'm like I can get it to work. Right. But but it ain't pretty. But it's not pretty. <laughs> uh well great. Uh I think that pretty accurately summarizes our experience with uh with Snake Pass. So uh certainly something unique and worth checking out did uh have you done it both on um the the tv and handheld and do you have a preference no i don't i actually think again like one of the nice things about the switch is it works for me it works great either way yeah i, I agree with that there is uh something that i like about um playing it in in handheld mode um like just being that close to the screen i i feel like gives makes me think i have more control over like this character that's right in front of me um for whatever reason the physical space between me and the tv separates me just like a little bit more and uh, (laughs) makes it a little bit harder for me to wrap my head around yeah i think i i think i agree with that and part of it is i feel like up close i am seeing more detail yeah uh in the sense that like i feel like sometimes Again, going back to the camera, like I wish I had more, like I could pull out further, so I got a better sense of the geography, like the geography Mm -hmm. of the level, and so I could see where the different things, like the different keys, were. Yeah, that I needed to head towards, and I think I think it's a, um, like a choice to make it be very close to noodle at all times, because then it's like you're getting that snake perspective. Yeah, but I just wish I had, um. I could zoom out more, like direct the camera where I really wanted to see. And I, for some reason, I feel like when, uh, when it's in handheld mode, I can see those details better. But I think that's just because I'm literally physically closer to the screen. You just get all up in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, having it in, having the screen in your hand, makes you feel more at one with the snake, for sure. Be at one with the snake. Be at one with the snake. (laughs) Oh, that's very good, Mark. Let's move out of this topic. That was the point in the show when we would answer a reader-listener question, um, but uh, I haven't checked our email. Uh, you're scared of the (laughs) sonic porn and i do not blame you thank you um i like having my fears uh validated (laughs) that's Um, the human experience yeah of being afraid of sonic porn absolutely (laughs) uh so but if you have any questions or uh your own experiences with uh snake pass or even uh, other games on the switch that we haven't been talking about yeah like has been heroes came out this week Mm -hmm. and i'm really curious to hear from people who have picked it up and what their impressions of it are. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, World of Goo earlier. Um that that is on there along with a couple other games by the same publisher. Mm-hmm the human resource machine and little Inferno. That's right. Little Inferno. Um, So if anyone is playing any of those and you have uh, any impressions or want to tell us about them, you can send us an email to Nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you have any other questions or comments for us, we love the feedback uh, in any way, shape or form. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Nincart Society or check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, Of course, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and tell your friends and all that good stuff. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our reviews of comic books on retconpunch.com. Oh, here's the thing Uh, Mark and I are part of the Dungeoneers, Dungeoneers. Union, I can't say the name of any of our shows, (laughs) Nintendo Cartridge Society and Dungeoneers Union, um, which is a a D&D show that we're doing on Twitch with um, a bunch of other people. It's Tuesday nights at seven. Uh, We won't be doing one. Seven Pacific. Seven Pacific. Yes. Thank you. Um, We won't be doing one. uh, The fourth. On the fourth. um, But we'll be back on the 11th. And our first couple episodes are available on YouTube as well. Um, Mark is playing a, a halfling named Chubb, who is a folk hero uh, and likes to yell his own name <laughs> <laughs> heroically. <laughs> if any of this sounds too nerdy for you, uh, just ignore it. Pret- <laughs> pretend we're not talking right now. <laughs> but if you want to watch us play D&D, um, it's been fun so far. So uh, you can check that out on Twitch and YouTube. Uh... Comic Books, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music was provided by Ape Betty. You can check out more of his music on 8-Bit betty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, be one with the snake. Thanks for listening. It's a creative podcast network.